1: Come plan your dream wedding all in one day at the 17th Annual Newport Bridal Show on March 3rd. Meet with more than 80 top wedding professionals at two of Newport's most romantic venues, Rose Cliff and Ocean Cliff Mansions. Visit newportbridalshow.net to buy your ticket today. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of CCT Live, the Cape Cod Times Live Facebook news broadcast. I'm news editor Patrick Cassidy, and I'm here with reporter Wheeler Copperthwaite. Copperthwaite. Darn, I'll get it one of these times. Copperthwaite. Maybe I
0: can just introduce myself That's time. probably a
1: good idea. Um, Wheeler covers... uh oh, Wheeler. That's easier. Wheeler yeah. covers uh, courts and, and crime for the paper. Um, he started this week, however, by attending a Martin Luther King Jr. event in Falmouth, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, back on your regular beat, uh, you wrote about a former selectman in Bourne, who is already in jail, uh, pleading guilty to a second assault now, uh, and you covered new charges against Thomas Letanowich. Uh He's the man behind bars as he waits trial on a murder charge uh, for the killing of Yarmouth Police Sergeant Sean Gannon uh, last April. That will be our big story of the week that we talk about. We'll also talk about the Woods Hole, Martha's Vineyard, and Nantucket Steamship Authority, uh, basically searching for some new employees and, and discussions about some new positions there. And we'll look ahead at a story about the scope of the local effects uh, from the continuing partial government shutdown. Uh, you can take a look back at past episodes and follow along at home by going to our website or checking out any of our social media feeds. Uh, we'll start with uh, Michael Blaine. He's the born uh, selectman who I was just referring to, former born selectman at this point. Um, What's the latest on on him?
0: So Blanton had a pretrial hearing, which apparently turned into a plea deal uh, last week, and he pleaded guilty in one case from where the allegations were from a November, 2017. He pleaded guilty to... uh, Two counts of assault and battery on a household member, one count of strangulation or suffocation, and assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. Um, He received a—we say he received a a two-and-a-half-year sentence, but really he received it. He only has nine months to serve, and we later learned that it's going to run concurrent to his sentence that he had that he'd already received uh, following a plea deal on similar allegations, but for a different attack. No, and, a jury
1: had found him guilty in that case. Right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that was plea? the December. Yeah. The December Sorry, 18th. He'd case. been
0: found guilty uh, hmm. after a jury uh, found him guilty um so concurrent means that he's going to serve the sentences at the same time so before we'd said that he his attorney had said he's going to get out i don't know in four months or five months or something like that and it's going to be the same exact thing now uh in addition the prosecutors as part of the plea deal agreed to drop uh two charges in two separate cases of um Violating a restraining order.
1: And and again, those were allegations that uh, his girlfriend, and this is the same woman in both cases. um, All four cases. All four cases had made about him. uh, I think one was about him seeing her in traffic and glaring at her. Correct. And another was about. Another
0: was we had the son. He was dropped. He allegedly had the son call her and ask um, what she wanted to do with her stuff which would be a violation of the restraining order because he was ordered not to have any third-party contact with her Mm -hmm. and then there was a third allegation which i think was rolled into one of the two charges that he had called her and didn't say anything on the phone and uh you know she could hear him breathing and then she hung up the phone after like 18 seconds or something like that
1: so again in the end nine months to serve on all of these even though there were two uh, cases that went forward and he was found guilty in the one case by a jury and pleaded, uh, it was a plea deal uh, in the second case, which just occurred. Um, so uh, again, he's a former town official and, and a lot of people have asked why we cover this. It's, you know, accountability at its most basic. You're, you're talking about somebody who the people elected to a position um, who's accused of uh, domestic violence in this case. And that's, you know, why we start covering it. We cover the end of it to to follow it through, to follow the case through and see what happens
0: well and, and it should be noted that the, these are not although it was in district court, these were not misdemeanor charges, most of these charges were felony charges, and he was in fact found guilty of a felony so it 's not like although he was prosecuted in district court, which meant that the maximum amount of time he could have gotten regardless was two and a half years he still was found guilty of a felony
1: yep and and this latest this latest uh, case where he pleaded um were some pretty uh, serious allegations or what findings at this point uh, that he had put his hands around her throat while she was in the bathroom she stopped breathing he threw her into a nearby bathtub he pinched her face uh and and uh, grabbed her by her upper arms and and raised them behind her causing her so much pain that she urinated i mean that's that's some serious uh you know uh violence and and again now he's pleaded
0: well, to and them. the one that he was found guilty of he grabbed her by the throat and the collarbone and uh slammed her head into the hardwood floor th- three times yeah that's, i mean that's the, a very serious is, allegation exactly
1: so that's that's why we cover these things it's a, a, a somebody who was a town official and we're following through and they are serious serious allegations and crimes um uh, moving on, uh, we uh, are continuing to follow up on uh, the Woods Hole, Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket Steamship Authority and their uh, response to a report that they had commissioned uh, to look at their operations. Uh, this goes back to last spring where they had a, a number of problems. There were um, uh, a wave of problems uh, in, in 2018. Three vessel blackouts, a grounding, hundreds of trips canc- uh, canceled and problems with the company's website. They went out and asked this group, HMS Consulting, uh, to conduct an an extensive review of their operations, um, and that that group came back I, I believe it was last month uh, with a report. Um, that, uh, you know, on one side, HMS is very careful. It, it seems to, to say that the steamship does a good job in terms of its service and and uh, given kind of the resources and, and working within their means, uh, does a good job of uh, maintaining service and, and uh, they're the lifeline to the islands. They're the, f- the ferry boat uh, line that is really responsible for going back and forth and getting people back and forth between Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, and, and the mainland. Um, but on the other hand, HMS recommended a wide uh, a variety of changes that really needed to be made and said this was something that was kind of ingrained in the, in the culture there at the Steamship Authority, which was to be very frugal uh, to, to a fault. Um, So the Steamship Authority is looking at some of these uh, recommendations, um, including uh, maybe hiring some new new people and and new positions. Uh, Director of Marine Operations is one of those. They're also actually needing to fill some existing positions. The treasurer, port captain, and human resources director are all positions that they are looking for candidates. So if anybody's out there looking for a job, that's uh, one place that's hiring uh, for those particular positions. Um, uh, And then they're kind of considering the other recommendations that HMS uh, made um, and The heart of these was really that the steamship authority implement this standardized protocols for safety training and management um and that uh the steamship authority's uh manager general manager robert davis said it was going to be among uh, the hardest to do uh he had recommended hiring a health safety and quality and environmental protection director who would report directly to the general counsel and kind of keep uh the the board up to speed on how uh things are going in terms of those protocols Um, So they're moving forward. They're looking at some other positions. Davis, for example, floated the idea of creating a dedicated planner position. That was in lieu of um, this uh, idea of creating a strategic plan that HMS had suggested. So he kind of looked at this and said, if we have a planner position that's continuously looking at our planning, then that would be a better thing. Um, And one of the things that the board uh, of the Steamship Authority looked at was the fact that they have an operation to run and they said maybe we should bring in a consultant to help us through these uh changes um and hms had had offered uh, to to do that not sure what the price is at this point that they're offering um but they looked at it and kind of said maybe we separate our ongoing operations from kind of these major changes that we're looking at so we'll continue to follow along uh and see which direction they go in uh with with a lot of these changes Wheeler, you were at an event, um, uh, this would have been Monday, uh, yes. uh, that uh, was a, uh, is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It occurs the third Monday of every uh, January, I believe, and it's meant to be around uh, the time of his birthday, which is January 15th. Um, uh, what, what was uh, this event like? I mean, these happen every year, um, but you, you kind of dove in and, and talked to one of the speakers. So, well, they're more yeah, depth.
0: so... Um... The Reverend June Cooper of, I'm going to forget her.
1: It's the city mission in Boston. Thank you.
0: Um, so she was the main speaker. It was at the Seacrest Beach Resort uh, packed room. Uh, it was a very, very cold day as we all as we all knew walking over there. It's amazing
1: to think that with the temperatures out today, it's like spring almost. And, I know, it's and- like 60
0: degrees and that day it was zero <laughs> yep. and we were all dying. Um, so she came in and it was a very packed room. Uh, I was really surprised at the level of attendance, but apparently they always sell out. So yeah, they I do well. Um, and and it was interesting because she she made two points, and and I only focused on one of them in the story, and that was that her basic tenant was that in 1993 Congress turned uh, MLK Day into a quote day of service unquote in which uh, people are supposed to volunteer, and and she made the point that. Martin Luther King Jr. that in doing that, Congress was attempting to co-opt his original message and his original philosophy to uh essentially not cover up but to uh smooth over what what his more revolutionary um what his more revolutionary philosophy was that by giving people saying to people, you know, do a token day of service, it's almost like do your one piece of penance and then you can just sort of move on with Check, the Check I can life. go
1: on with the other exactly. three hundred and sixty four days of the year. Exactly.
0: Whereas Martin Luther King Jr. was advocating for what she called revolutionary ideas. So that was the the sort of core of her um, the, the
1: quote that you had in the story was, interesting. King's own words and legacies are used to sanitize and to sanctify these superficial responses to what are crises in the, in our world.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, and it was interesting because she talked about how King had received a lot of pushback when he came out against the Vietnam War, not only from the black community, from the clergy, from politicians, from everyone. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, it was... You know, looking back now, considering yeah. how we view Vietnam,
1: kind of amazing. Well, and I would recommend if, and you've probably listened to it, if nobody has out there has heard his Vietnam speech it was it was revolutionary in terms of how he was approaching that everybody remembers the I have a dream speech but the Vietnam speech uh, is an amazing speech
0: yeah and so you know he was not only not only was he denouncing the Vietnam war partially because of the draft and how many young black men were being sent to war to die but also the shortcomings of Lyndon Johnson's great society which was the Fair Housing Act in 1968 the oh I know I read my story somewhere
1: um the civil rights
0: civil rights act and there was a third uh voting rights act which has now been slightly overturned um so you know i think that the the other and i sort of paraphrased here the other thing that she said is that a true uh, revolution in values is needed and quote tossing a coin to a beggar unquote or quote writing a check unquote is not enough and that's that's where she made that that link to you know just spending a single day a year volunteering is not enough
1: yeah and and again even the volunteering beyond the single day it seems like she was saying and you had talked about this yesterday that just volunteering isn't going to change these these systemic issues that that uh king and 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 people still see in society today um and and so you know obviously Changing those is is major laws, it's major movements, it's major actions well, by people.
0: Exactly, and I think that she she very eloquently made the point that if we, you know, we're either the richest or one of the richest countries in the world, and yet we still have hunger.
1: Still we, we, we have, yeah.
0: not only do we have hunger, we also have homelessness. We have also all these other attendant issues, but we literally have people who are starving in our own country. We have food banks in the richest country in the world. And her question was, You know, this was obviously a problem in the 1960s. It's still a problem today. How does that happen? in one of the richest countries in the world, and that's why King was requiring revolutionary action. From
1: and him. very much n- not exactly the same thing, but it's interesting in the context of today where we have a f- partial federal government shutdown, and you, you've seen recently how even federal employees who, who you think of as having decent paychecks and everybody uh, often looks at the amount of pay that they get, and, and uh, a lot of people are envious of that that pay and the, the benefits, even they are, are on the edge, it seems, uh, in terms of living paycheck to paycheck, some, some of them. Um, and then the ripple effect, uh, you know, in terms of was food banks that they're using now that are being needed for the coast guard for all these other people had already been serving a, a large population. And I know upcoming, we have an issue with the snap program and whether that's going to be, uh, funded, uh, if this government shutdown continues. So, um, Again, that those systemic issues that she was getting at really are interesting. Highly recommend anybody go to uh, Wheeler's story, and we also have an audio story that you did, uh, where you can hear Reverend the Reverend Cooper speak.
0: And 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 not only that, but but what I tried to do with the audio story was instead of focusing on on this point that she made in the print story, but on a different portion of her of her speech, in which she I, I cut this part out, but she originally talks about the a fable or a short story of Rip Van Winkle by Washington Irving, Mm -hmm. the man who goes into the Catskill Mountains, sleeps for 20 years. When he goes to sleep, he is, you know, this is pre-Revolutionary War America. When he wakes up, it's post-Revolutionary War America. He's literally missed Missed the the entire revolution, which is what King talked about in his speech at the National Cathedral, the last speech that he gave before he was assassinated. And uh, she, she made the point that it's incredibly easy and also incredibly dangerous to literally sleep through the revolution. Mm-hmm. That is to say that revolutionary acts are happening around us, but it is oftentimes very easy to just sleep through it, to not realize not what's realize going, going on. on. To to You know, it's like, you know, one day you just go on and all of a sudden it's 2025 and you don't really remember the past five years. It's Mm -hmm. all been the same thing. You've been doing the same thing every day for the past five years. So
1: he used that fable of Rip Van Winkle uh, and she reiterated it when she was talking in her speech and and, uh, some of that. So that's what our audio stories are. Absolutely. Uh, Recommend anybody uh, uh, who's interested and wants to hear uh, uh, what the Reverend Cooper said directly go there. You can also read uh, some of her quotes in Wheeler's story. Um, Moving on here we have uh, The Big story of uh the week this was the big story of last year um and will continue to be a big story in terms of its connection to the uh um killing of uh yarmouth sergeant uh police sergeant sean gannon uh, last april um thomas latanowich 30 is accused of of that crime um he was uh, back in court, or not actually back in court, in court via video uh, conference link, really, uh, or being arraigned on another charge This stemming from something that happened in jail. What, what happened?
0: Yeah, so so according to the video, apparently the, one of the guards wrote in an instant report, uh, He, him and another inmate who I, I didn't name because he was a victim, but we have written about before, <laughs> uh, he and another inmate are walking into a recreational area in whatever pod they're in and they're in pod B. And there's four or three other people behind them. So they walk into the recreation area. They're talking. The inmate turns away from Latanowicz, who's also on – he's also waiting uh, uh, a case. Uh, Latanowicz pulls something out of the back of his pants, and then quote makes a slashing motion unquote at the inmate and, and the guy has a three inch uh, laceration from what they believe to be a razor
1: yeah. on it was two on inches, his, it two was inches? Which, yeah what you had here was two, two inches. inches okay I, an inch either way but yes yeah sorry.
0: Uh, I mean but you know two inches yeah. on your cheek your cheek's not that long in the no, first place no. uh, on his cheek uh, with with obviously a razor uh, or what the the police are alleging is a modified shaving razor. Mm-hmm and um so then they start physically fighting they're punching each other they're uh they're wrestling on the ground the the razor skits across the floor of which allegedly looks at another inmate who's one of the three who'd walked in behind them that guy grabs the knife or not the knife. the, the razor puts it in his back uh back of his pants and then guards come in and are able to separate them and and take statements the inmate who was attacked refused to tell police any or refused to tell sheriff's deputies anything about what happened. Yeah. Um, and obviously I don't think they interviewed Lieutenant, which, uh, but so, and then after that he was arraigned, this happened in November mm-hmm. and he was not officially charged until January. And then he was not arraigned until even later in January. And that was via the video conference link and district court judge, uh, Christopher Welch set his bail at a million dollars, which, is sort of a, you know, a um, symbolic act because he's already being held on, on pretrial grounds in the case where he's charged with murder for the killing of Sean Gannon
1: and that as anybody who's uh, from the area or or has been paying attention at all occurred April 12th in Marston's Mills. Uh, Gannon had been going into a home uh, was in a home with a uh, a group of officers as they were trying to serve an arrest warrant on Latanowich um, on Blueberry Lane in Marston's Mills Um, he had gone, they had searched the home, hadn't found Latanowich Um, it it is all according to the police reports and then he went back up into the attic because I think they had heard a sound and he moved a, a piece of insulation Insulation. Latana, which was allegedly behind that, uh, insulation in another section of the attic, it fired, uh, hit, uh, Gannon and, and killed him also injured, uh, Gannon's, uh, uh, police dog Nero uh, the dog did survive um, obviously it was a, an enormous story and, and and an outpouring of community uh, grieving and mourning and support for the police um, but you know it does speak to anything certainly that this person does people are going to be watching very closely uh, as that trial and and that case moves forward but you know anytime somebody slashes somebody in jail uh, here on the Cape we're going to be paying attention and certainly this was a case where um, that's a, a fairly serious crime uh, allegation in itself. Um, and and wasn't the first time that he had actually gotten in trouble in jail. I think he had gotten in trouble earlier uh, for, uh, for allegedly making some sort of comment uh, mm. about, I think, one of the uh, correctional officers' uh, family members. Um, so, the, you know, he's somebody who uh, everybody's certainly got an eye on. He's also somebody who the police say has a long criminal uh, record. Um, and, and we certainly uh, laid a lot of that out last year. So uh, definitely, uh, you can read more about uh, this story and and more about that ongoing uh the ongoing cases against uh thomas latanowich uh in uh, at capecattimes.com um and uh, just uh, very quickly here looking ahead i mentioned the partial government shutdown earlier we've been covering the local effects Uh, of that shutdown, Uh, and we have a a story that uh, reporter Doug Frazier is working on. Um, We've done some stories already that have involved Don Cox. He's the guy who started the Cape Cod Military Support Foundation here on the Cape, works at a joint base, Cape Cod, and he's been doing a lot of running back and forth, uh, collecting food and and bringing them to various pantries, and other food pantries are bringing food to him uh, to help uh, people who are now out of work or working and not getting a paycheck, in in a lot of cases, the Coast Guard, uh, for example. And so, is taking a broader look at kind of the, the implications of this shutdown, the ripple effects too. I mean, how does it affect these food pantries? Um, and what's the scope of it? How many people are we talking on the Cape who are out of uh, work or working for the government uh, without pay? Uh, so you can look forward to that story uh, in it's planned to be tomorrow's paper. Um, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Wheeler. As always, real pleasure. Uh, tell your friends. Share the link. Uh, feel free to reach out with any story tips or ideas, anything court-related. Wheeler's your man. All of our emails are available at Cape CapeCodTimes.com, where news starts on Cape Cod. Till next week, wish you a good morning and good luck.
0: Just going to run this
1: dog to see if we can find any type of uh,
0: human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast,